Amar Marukva Barchama Marukva Marukva Barchama says. Here in our Mishnah with holes that are full of water, they're full of water. They're not. They don't have the same cheshbon, the same calculation of how much you'd redeem with because you can't plant it over there. So, I how much barley you plant over there? It's full of water. You can't plant things that are full of water. They're similar to the mounds. You know, you see from here, we're dealing with something that is not fertile, something that you cannot grow a barley in. He says, "What if that? If so." Even if it's less than 10 Tvachim as well, it shouldn't be included in the standard measurement of 50 shekel if you grow barley. Why? Because anything that's full of water, even if it's 7 Tvachim deep, is a whole different Cheshben. It's, it's not included because there's no growth. And it's the Gemara, Hanu Nagne Da'ara Mikru Shidra Da'ara Mikru. Because the whole name changes. Yeah, it goes from like a hole in the ground to a puddle. Yeah, a puddle is considered part of the field. Yeah, um, but uh, something that's uh, greater is now going to be, you know, have its own shame, have its own name, and its own makom. Okay, here we go. Says the Gemara, Gabe Mecher Tanan. Again, we're now dealing with the land. Let's just go back and remind ourselves. We got onto this because we were dealing with a case where a man marries a woman on condition that he has that he has uh, land. He has to show her land that's his. And now the conversation has shifted. If somebody sanctifies his land, the halacha is in order to redeem the land, you have to, uh, for each each uh, parcel of land, each area of land that grows um, a homer of barley, you have to pay 50 shekel, uh, 50 silver shkolim. And we learned that it's to the exclusion of any holes in the ground that are ten tvachim deep. Or any mounds on the land that are above 10 Tvachim. Now we're going to get into sales. What about when it comes to selling a land to somebody else? So let's get how this case would translate over. Somebody says to his friend, Base core of our Ani Meicherlach. I'm going to sell you a base core of land. And there's holes in the ground, 10 Tvachim deep. Or boulders, 10 Tvachim tall. It's not, it's not measured with it. It's not included in the size of the land. You got to give that size land in addition exclu- to the exclusion of these area covered by the boulders and the areas that are 10 Tvachim deep. Let's say it's less than 10 Tvachim. It is measured with the rest of the field. Even if there's no water in it, even if there's no water, again, if it's ten tefachim deep or ten tefachim, the bowl is ten tefachim. Uh, yeah, let's just go ten tefachim deep because that's what water. So it still is not going to count towards it. So it's the the ten tefachim deep being excluded it has nothing to do with it being filled with water, which is a question on what we just said prior. My time, Amar of Papa, Lefisha, Eno, the Mrites, Shitin, Esma, Isaac, Pesada, Achas, Vyolai, Bishnaim, Akshalish, Makaimis. I'll tell you why. Because if you have areas in the field that are so deep, it, it makes it look like it's a whole separate field. And I want to buy one field. I don't want to buy a bunch of small, different fields. Okay, I don't want it to even look like it's a number of different places. And if you have going to have uh, tall things, Tentvachim high, it looks like a, a division in my land or holes in the ground, ditches in the ground. What I want is to receive a base core of land that is all together. Says the Gemara, okay, now that we explained the halacha, 
when it comes to when it comes to kachim. And now that we explain the halacha, when it comes to sales, what about when it comes to marriage? Here we go. Hacha mai. What is the halacha over here? What is the halacha over here? Somebody says to a woman, back to our Mishnah, marry me on condition that I have a land of base core. In that base core, he's got ditches 10 tvachim deep or boulders 10 tvachim high. So is he not married? Because these boulders and ditches are taking up space, or is he married? Do we compare it to Hekdish? Or do we compare it to Mecher? Okay. Now, by Tfachim, we said it's all counted towards the same area. By sales, we said it's not. People don't want to buy, purchase areas uh, that, that look like a, a bunch of small different lands. So that's the Shailam. It's logical. That we compare Kedushin to Hektish, the Amar Law, because he says to her, I'm the one who comes and working the land for you. And therefore, it should be counted because it doesn't make enough community to her. She's not the one who's going to be, who's, who's concerned in the business side of, of uh, what her land looks like, whether or not it's two or three fields. Lamaisa, he says, listen, I'm going to be working the land, making sure it produces the Mainaf Kamina to you, what's the difference to you whether these ditches or boulders are uh, are ten tvachim deep and it would be a valid marriage. Okay. Here we go. We're now going into the uh, into the next Mishnah. And this Mishnah is a foundational Mishnah for many, 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 many different things that come up in the Torah. Okay? Now, specifically in the areas of What's considered a valid tenai? What is considered a valid condition? Now you'd say, well, you, you, if you stipulate something. Now here's the deal. Things only have validity if you prove it from the Torah. If there's a source in the Torah to give something validity, then it's effective. If there's no source in the Torah, who says it's effective? Okay? For example... If somebody says, I acquire things by tapping my forehead twice. When I tap my forehead twice, that's how I acquire things. We could tell them jump in the lake. It doesn't matter how you want to acquire things. There's no source in the Torah that you can make an acquisition that way. Tapping your forehead twice, what's it got to do with anything? If you find in the Torah a source that that makes an acquisition, okay, then it would be effective. We find in the Torah a source that that money creates an acquisition. We find a document creates an acquisition. We find beer by marriage. We brought sources for all things. Okay, so then it's effective. So how do I know any condition is effective? So there's one specific area of Torah where we learn the laws of conditions from, and this is after the Jewish people entered, the, uh, not after, I'm sorry. Yeah, after the Jewish people came to the, the Transjordan, to the Abraham Yardin, and we are about to, to travel over and conquer Eretz Yisrael. There were two and a half tribes that said, we prefer to have land here in the Transjordan. And they made a deal, a conditional deal with Maishu Rabbeinu. And however that conditional deal worked, ends up being the source for how all conditions can be effective in this world. So here we go. 
Says the Mishnah. Rav Meir Aimer. Rav Meir says, Anytime you make a condition that's different from the condition of the tribe of God and the tribe of Reuven is not a condition. Meaning, the same way they made a condition, they wanted to stay in the Transjordan and Maisha said they can have land in the Transjordan conditional that they help us fight. If it works like the way their condition was made, then we have a valid condition. Otherwise, you don't. says, If you cross over with us in Derzol and help us fight, then you can have the land in the Transjordan. And if you don't, you can't have the land. And if you don't come over with strength, stark, you know, uh, all in. If not for the way that this condition was made, it would have it would have uh, seemed to imply that they wouldn't get Ebrayarding, nor would they get Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so you see from over here that you need to make a uh, you need to make how not you need to, how to make a proper condition. Now it's not so clear the parameters yet of the proper condition. Now let's explain for a moment what we want to figure out still, okay? So here you go. Is it enough for me to say, I will give you my coffee on condition that you do 10 jumping jacks? Okay, that's one way to make a condition. Or do I need to even go like this? The only time I owe you the coffee is if I say, I will give you my coffee on condition you do 10 jumping jacks. And if you... Don't do 10 jumping jacks. I will not give you the coffee. Not only did I say one side of the condition, I said both sides. I doubled the condition. The same thing, but reiterating it in the negative. What you what you would get if you do do it, what you don't get if you don't. Does a condition need to be doubled to have strength? Or even if it's singled, is that enough? Okay. Says the Gemara Shabbat Kamal Rav Kinnerig Mliyolur Rav Meir. Rav Meir in the Reisha of our Mishnah, the beginning of our Mishnah, seems to imply you need a double stipulation. If you cross over, I'll give it to you, and if you don't, you don't. Rav Kinnerig Mliyolur argued. He says all you need is one side. You don't need a double stipulation. So what's Rav Meir going to respond to that? Amalach Rav Meir, Esau got the chalab tonight. Couple of dosh. If you're going to tell me that the pasuk's not coming to teach me the double stipulation. Lichtoiv, it should have said We should have told the tribes of God and Reuven, if you don't pass over, they shall have an inheritance among you. in the land of Canaan. What does that mean? Why do I need that? So Be'eretz Canaan is coming to teach me that you need a doubled stitu- uh, stipulation. That is going to be Rabbi Meir's approach. If I wouldn't have said in the land of Canaan, I would have thought it's referring to the land of Gilad with the other Shvatim of Laird's Canaan, but you wouldn't get anything on the, in the, uh, on the side of the Jordan of Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, it has to teach you Baird's Canaan that. Let's say Bnei Gad and Bnei Reuven wouldn't cross with us. Let's say they wouldn't have crossed. Would they have gotten nothing? 
you don't get Transjordan and you don't get Eretz Yisrael because you didn't fight. He says, but Eretz Canaan teaches me that even if they wouldn't have helped us fight, they still would have gotten a portion like everybody else. They would have received a portion of Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Rev Meir, Besaychem Galeicha de Islechumashma. Besaychem means wherever you have land, no matter, you know, either side of the Arden, where you are, they're going to get land. And therefore, I knew, already knew they would have gotten land. So what does it mean, Baretz Kanan? Baretz Kanan means that you need a kuffel lashon, you need a double expression in order to have a valid condition. Okay, bottom line is, again, everybody's sticking to their guns. Rev Meir holds. To have a valid condition in the Torah, it has to be doubly stipulated. If you do this, you get it. If you don't do it, you don't. Rabbi Hanina, uh, Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel says, incorrect. Even a one-sided condition is going to be enough. Tani learned in Hebrew. What's the what's uh, parable to? Somebody who's splitting up his property amongst his children, Amar, and he says, This son should get this field, and this son should get the other field. My third son, I want him to get two, uh, money and inherit the third field. And if they don't give him the money, then he should get a portion in the original two fields. So, which statement is going to cause him to have a portion in the first two fields? Do, do we say that it's the fact that it was kafel? What, what, what was doubled over? If he would have only said the first half, which is that my son should get the 200 zuz plus the third field. So, what would it have been inferred? That he doesn't get anything? Does he That everything should be divided equally? Right? What would I assume? But over here we say that the father's the, the father um, doubled over his statement. Yeah, and he says that if my son doesn't get the two hundred zuz, then I want him to have a share in the other one. Now the son is guaranteed a portion in the first two fields too, which I wouldn't necessarily have. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily have known. So you see over here that it's the uh, the doubled over expression. That is um, uh, that is causing the the uh, inheritance. But this this parable of Rabbi Hanina is not similar to our Mishnah because our Mishnah we learned yeah, that his condition uh, he wouldn't get any land. Uh, you see, doubling over the statement, the land of Gilad also wouldn't have helped. But over here. <coughs> Excuse me. In this brayso katani, we learned this third son. Why does he get? Why, why would he get? If you don't give him the money, why would he get a portion in the first two fields? The father doubled it over. You see from over here that when you double over the expression, it's going to work for the other nechasim for the other property, which doesn't work well with our mishnah. Okay. Because over here it seems that if Maisha wouldn't have completely doubled over his statement, they would have um, they would have uh, lost their land in Eretz Canaan as well. The same way this son would lose his portion in the first two fields. 
our Mishnah didn't seem to imply that. Our Mishnah seemed to say that they would not have lost their portion. Like Asha, there's no question. That's before Rav Meir gave, gave the answer of from the Pazik of Venechazu, and other parts before Rav Meir responded. So it just depends where they were in the conversation. Bishmah Rav Meir says the Gemara. Okay, Rav Meir says he needs to be doubled over. It's understandable according to Rav Meir. That's why it says, If you do good in this world, beautiful. And if you don't, As soon as a person enters this world, sin is crouching there. The Itzahara is with us to get us to Averis at all times. Now, this verse in the Torah is doubled over. Again, Imsetiv, if you do good things with your life, Seis, Gavaldik, yet you're going to receive Schar, you're going to receive reward. And if you sin, uh uh-uh. uh, why are you giving me the flip side? Okay, it seems that the reason why we're doubling it over is to teach me you need a, a Kafaloshin, you need a doubled expression. Says you don't need a double a double condition to be binding. So why, why does the pasuk need to say this? It's just say him seitiv says. Yeah, if you do good, you'll be rewarded. Why do you got to tell me the flip side? And for the gemara, the gemara answers. the chamina. I would have thought to say him seitiv agra. If you do good, you'll get reward. Let's say you don't do good, so nothing happens. You don't get reward, but you also don't get punishment. Kamash malan. Therefore, it lets us know that if Satif says, and and uh, if uh, if you don't, the imloi Satif lepesachatas revitz, there's going to be consequences. Uh, there's going to be consequences uh, crouching uh, crouching at your door. You're going to have you're going to have both over there. Says the Gemara, Bishmaler of Meir according to Meir again, who says you need a doubled over expression for a. For a condition to be binding, that's why it says "Oz tinake meilasi." Then you're going to be free from my Allah, and Allah is referring to an oath. Okay, now what is this talking about? This is going into another area of uh, of Torah, which Bez Hashem, with Hashem's help, we'll be getting to in, a com- in the coming weeks with uh, in the Parshios, in the Parshios of the Torah. With the story of Avram appointing his servant Eliezer to go marry off Isaac, to go marry off Yitzchak. So Avram tells Eliezer that he's supposed to uh, travel to his birthplace, travel to my family. And when Eliezer gets to the house of Lavan and Besuel, he sees Rivka, the water comes up to her by the well. So he sees Rivka. And he, uh, and he tells over the story. Of what he's doing there and how he was appointed to be the messenger. So he says like this. He says that he tells them that Avram, my master, had me take a Allah, had me take a oath saying that I'm not gonna choose a wife for Isaac from the Canaanites. Okay. And um I gotta take her from uh, from his family. So he said, I said to Avram, what if she doesn't want to come with me? What if she doesn't want to follow me? So he says, oh, if she doesn't want to come, then us, then Tinaka, you'll be clean, you'll be innocent. May Allah see from my oath. Okay, meaning then you're out. So this is the flip side. If you follow through on the oath, 
then you're my messenger, right? And if not, so we have a flip side over here. So it says the Gemara like this. Let's read that line again. Let's learn this together. Bishmah you need a double binding side. That's why when Eliezer is telling over, it says, then you'll be free if you don't do it. That's why Avram had to stipulate that. Why did that need to be said at all? It should just say, you gotta, if she'll follow you, you go get her. If she'll follow you, you're good. Even over there, I wouldn't need it to be double double. I would have thought to say, when the woman, when Rivka would agree to go back with him, but let's say her parents wouldn't let, let's say she wanted. Let's say you kind of, you have both. So he says, what if she, what if she doesn't want to come with me? Says, says the Gemara, well, what about a different situation? What happens if she wants to go, but her family doesn't let? Then what? Maybe Avram meant, okay, take her Balkarcha. Yeah? That if she want, as long as she wants to come, we're good. Don't worry about her parents. Kamash Malan, therefore, lets me know that Avram's telling Eliezer, I need her to agree and I need her family to agree. Says the Gemara, well, one second. If it needs everybody, so why are we mentioning specifically her? Says the Gemara, Ishrich, I need that as well. I would have thought to say, when they agree, but she does agree nicely. As long as the family's letting her come, you're good. Therefore, it lets me know that Avram's saying, I need not only the family's agreement, I need her agreement. I want all in. Everybody has to be freedom and happy for this to work. Okay. Again, bottom line, there's no proof to Rav Meir that we need a kefalashin, that we need a doubled over expression. Says the Gemara, Bishma Rav Meir. Let's keep going in different areas of Torah where we have things that seem to be conditions. It's understandable according to Rav Meir who says you need a doubled over condition. That's why it says in the Torah, if you, go, if you go in the ways of my statutes. And then it says right afterwards, but if you don't treat my statutes properly, they become most to you. you they become a burden and, and disgraceful to you. You get embarrassed from your Judaism, from your Torah mitzvahs. Yeah. It seems to be the flip side of it's doubled over. So according to the mayor, it makes sense why I need to, why the Torah needs to double it over. Ella, according to Rabbi why does he got to say It's understood automatically. Says Gemara Ishrich, I need it over there to say follow my ways, you'll have blessing. But if you don't, so you won't have blessing. You won't have blessings. You won't have curse. No, there's something in life I would have thought called nothing. If you do good, good. If you don't do good, nothing. Zuck the Torah says the Torah, no, 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 no such thing in the world. Kamash Malan, that it's one or the other. If you follow my statutes, there's bracha. If you don't follow my statutes, by definition, that means if and there's going to be klala, there'll be curses that uh, that come to the world. Now. What this means is, looking at the big picture of this Gemara, what this means is, is that 
you can't bring a proof here from the fact that there's a double expression that you need a double expression because it could be over here it's teaching me a unique lesson a unique message but elsewhere I don't have where I don't have that message maybe I don't need it to be a doubled over condition hence we still don't have a proof says Gemara further says if you if you follow and you listen or if you refuse and rebel against me again you don't need to ref, you don't need to say the two sides of the coin according to nevertheless we know that again it's not just if you don't follow the ways of Hashem you won't have bracha it's that there's going to be terrible suffering that happens says the Gemara my cherev taichlu when it says at the end of that pasuk cherev taichlu there's going to be and you'll be eaten by the sword what does that mean Amar Rava milcha it's referring to salt milcha galalinasa it's referring to rock salt nahama disare akusha hard bread of barley ubitzale and onions the amarmar pas porni khariba bemelach ubitzalum kosham laguv kharevais hard bread with salty onions is as bad to the body as uh, it's as bad to the body as sorts okay and there, that's the expression of khalab taykhlu what's eaten eaten of the sword it's referring to certain foods that are terrible and kind of like feel like a stabbing pain inside uh, inside of the body. Okay, so we'll hold it here for today. Lemaisa, 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 we're walking away right now with no proof to either approach of our mission. Again, we had a dispute in our mission between Rav Meir and Rav Hanina ben Gamliel. When I make a condition, for that condition to be effective, do I have to double over the condition and express both sides of it? Or is it enough to say, one side, and people can use their brains to deduce otherwise. Rav Meir says, you got to say two sides of the coin. Otherwise, no such thing as a condition. You don't need to stand by the condition. The, uh, uh, um, a practical ramification is, if a man marries a woman with a condition and he didn't double it over. So if he doesn't double it over, he could still be married to her without following the condition, because according to Rav Meir, it's not a condition. You never doubled it. So you're, you're married anyway, even if you don't fulfill your condition. Rechidim Ben Gamliel says that a condition is valid with one side. With one side. And if a man marries a woman stipulating only one side, and he doesn't follow through, you wouldn't be married. That's a practical difference between Rechidim Ben Gamliel and Rav Meir. We're sticking with the Machlaikas. We still have a dispute. We don't have a proof to either way. Best from tomorrow, we will continue uh, going through the Suga and trying to find a proof. Um, until the Mishnah, have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.